Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. Thomas Miller here, and we're going to take another listener question. Robert, this is one that I have heard probably five or six or 12 times in about the last two weeks is people asking a similar kind of question about synthesizing the chart. And it does come up, especially like we're talking about using the equal house system versus a lot of people are using whole sign now and things are structured differently and then all of a sudden a planet moves into another house that's ruled by another sign and it's not all nice and clean and neat where all the Capricorn planets are together in one spot. So let's listen to this question and then we'll pick some things apart around it. I noticed that my part of fortune, which is in two degrees Capricorn, moves from my fourth house into my third house. And I feel like that's a really big movement there. Um, for context, I am um, a Libra rising at three degrees. So this two degree Capricorn part of fortune moves into Sagittarius house. And my question is, how does a Capricorn placement affect a Sagittarius house? Now, just so people can get this in their minds, she has a three degree Libra ascendant. Want to go back and you can construct this in your brain as you're listening to this. We don't have a chart, so we can't do that. But what we can do is picture this mentally. So we're talking about the equal house system, which is the only one that Robert uses. Libra at three degrees. That means three degrees in some minutes are on the cusp of every house. So that means that she has a Scorpio second house. Then, as she mentions, a Sagittarius third house. And when she puts her chart in the equal house system, her part of fortune moves into the third house, but it is at two degrees Capricorn. And that's what she's confused about. So, Robert, you are an expert at this. Help her out. Well, first of all, thank you, Margaret. I'm so pleased <laughs> by your comments. This is a great question. She's asking about her part of fortune, which already is a very personal point. It synthesizes the part of fortune, synthesizes your sun, moon, and ascendant into one Arabic part. There are about 86 old Arabic parts. Most astrologers just use the part of fortune. But it's a wonderful symbol for the point in your horoscope that integrates your sun, moon, and ascendant. Now, she has her part of fortune at two degrees Capricorn. And apparently in Placidus or, or whatever house system she was using other than equal, that placed her part of fortune in the fourth house, just over the fourth cusp, I imagine. But in equal houses, she has three degrees of Capricorn uh, on the fourth cusp because she has three degrees Libra rising. So she has three degrees Libra on the fourth cusp, and now in equal houses, her part of fortune at two Capricorn falls one degree back in the third house. It's Now, the basic rule in astrology is if a planet is within five or six, and some astrologers use eight degrees, if it's within orb of the next cusp, it can be read and must be read in both houses. So just standard astrology rules. Margaret would read her part of fortune both in the third house and in the fourth house. But very specifically, in equal houses, 
Her part of fortune falling in her third house gives more of an emphasis to her mental and verbal and communicative skills, to her mind, and to her intellect, and to their professional Capricorn, professional use. So the more experience, education, training that she gets in communicating all forms of it, I'm not looking at the rest of her chart, but that's that's the emphasis with, with that part of fortune in the third house, whereas in the fourth house, there might be more of an element that her family and her background would affect her professional decisions more strongly than with the part of fortune in the third house. It shifts the emphasis from fourth house primarily to the third house primarily. So it's a subtle shift in focus and awareness. And like I say, with any of these quandaries that we all go through as a what house system to use and so on, try them and think about them. Think about what you see with both results and see which one seems to fit you better. It'll help you ultimately decide what house system you prefer. Yeah, and the other part of her question, I think, is what I've heard confuses people probably the most, is she was saying now she has this Capricorn point in her chart, the part of fortune, but it's in a Sagittarius-ruled house and doesn't know how to put those two together. All right. This is so great. Now we're talking about really reading a chart. She has Sagittarius on her third cusp. That's I think of the house cusps and the signs on those cusps as being conditioning, external conditioning. Margaret was born to think like a Sagittarius. This will be the general background of her family and relatives. I don't know the rest of the chart, but Sagittarius is a double sign. And if she has any afflictions to it at all, then she's going to be getting conflicting and confusing background signals from her family, her parents, and her relatives, and from her town, and from her community, so that the urge to conform to those people's or those communities' wishes will factor in to her thinking if she's unaware of it. With the part of fortune, and so what you're looking at is a person who has been conditioned or taught to think and communicate in a Sagittarian mode. And if it has afflictions, then her own communication will be conflicted or confusing or bipolar in a, in a worst case scenario. But, but the energy of the part of fortune is Capricorn. And look at the difference. Capricorn is willing to expend the energy, the effort, the time, and the money to do as good a job and learn to do as good a job professionally as it can. Sagittarius, <laughs> if it's not careful, can be raised in a background of know-it-alls. So they may think they know it all, too, and they have brilliant ideas with the Sag on the third house. The challenge becomes making them real, which is through the part of fortune in Capricorn, because without that, her efforts, her goals, her actions may tend to be scattered, superficial, 
gives up too easily. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, I can't afford that. I can't afford four degrees of college, four years of college, those sorts of things. So there's the conflict between a, it could be the part of fortune. It could be a planet, a planetary energy. If it's in a sign other than the sign on the cusp, then it becomes important for the person to understand they've been conditioned to think and behave this way as, as regarding their communications, their mind, their schooling even. But their real nature is the part of fortune in Capricorn, which is a lot more disciplined than Sagittarius is. Sagittarius is the explorer. That's what gives her the curiosity. She was not satisfied with what she was being shown by her family, even though they were well-intentioned, they really were. But for her, the challenge becomes turning her own brilliance, and I don't know the rest of her chart, but she, by nature, will be incredibly smart. And what she needs to focus on is the discipline, the work necessary to achieve the professional goals. And sometimes that can come at the expense of time spent with loved ones, like family, <laughs> friends, and so on. And there's the conflict. All right. And I was just going to ask that is you mentioned at the beginning that when you have something within that wide orb, say six degrees, four degrees, certainly this one, that you read it as in both. So then would you consider what that part of fortune would look like if it were in a fourth house under Capricorn's full umbrella? Then her family can be an asset to her. And as it stands, even with the part of fortune in her third house, it's so close to the fourth that you can read it either way. Uh, and so sometimes with the part of fortune in the third, it can indicate uh, advantages that are gained through relatives, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, uh, relatives. If it's in the fourth, often the connection is a lot more direct, namely the, the immediate family, the parents uh, in particular, might be advantageous for her in terms of advancing her, her own career. Or she might choose a fourth house kind of career, among other things. It could be real estate, for example, which is ruled by the fourth house. So you can read this in a number of ways, but it's an interesting mix of elements here. Fire sign Sag on the third, earth sign Capricorn with her part of fortune in the third. So fire signs are inspiration, inspired ideas, cause-oriented. They want to give and benefit the collective, even if it's just their own local group or their local town or their state or even the nation through the, the career. So that's the challenge in this chart is how to make that fire sign brilliance, which is what she is conditioned really to bring into this life, how to translate that into success through a professional attitude toward her work. And if she works from the home or works remotely, both of those are also ruled by that third house, internet, communications opposite the ninth, and the fourth house working from the home. So those are just some guidelines that you can begin to glean from the symbolism that's shown in that horoscope. So go back and, or just to summarize, you take the sign that's on the cusp of the house where the planet is in the equal house system. That's the over-encompassing or overruling or 
over-supervising sign, I guess, if you will. Then you consider the sign that the planet is in. You put those two together the way that Robert did, and then if it's right there on the cusp, then you can consider the next house over. And I got to tell you, Robert, as a Gemini rising, I love the fact that you can look at it two ways. (laughs) The more, the better. (laughs) Well, you know, Thomas, that's really the truth about astrology. Every single archetype in this business has a positive and a negative side to it. Every one of them do. Every aspect has a positive, even the squares. Oh, it's a negative aspect. No, it isn't. It is an aspect of conflict. And you are meant to experience the conflict so that you will resolve it and grow. That's what those are for. Hard aspects are about ambition. People forget this. Oh, I got a hard aspect. I'm so wet. I got nothing but hard aspects. I have a horrible chart. <laughs> I have to laugh because that's really what I thought when I first discovered my horoscope at age 20. I've got a grand cross and just some horrible aspects. And I thought, oh my God, is this my fate? What I'm reading in this old book, or can I do something about well? Obviously, the point of astrology is you can do something about it. If you acquaint yourself with the positive and constructive meanings of the archetype versus the negative and destructive meanings, then suddenly it's you, you own it consciously, so it doesn't have any unconscious power over you. That's the whole point of this. It's more about changing your fate than being fatalistic, Let's... which is what most people think astrology is supposed to. Oh, I don't want to know. Because what's going to happen to me is written in the stars, and there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing could be farther from the truth. There's a lot you can do about it. Can we grind this down to one other question that another listener asked? And this is a little bit different, but it is kind of the same point. And she was asking the distinction between a planet at 29 degrees and a planet at zero degrees. And, of course, we have an example in the sky over our head as we are recording this because for 2023 and 2024, that's not totally what Pluto is going to be doing the whole time, but Pluto is dancing around that zero degrees Aquarius point and 29, 28, 27 Capricorn. So there is a little bit of an example there, but she was specifically saying, what about 29 and then what about zero? First of all, a planet cannot be in two signs. It's either in one sign or it's in the other sign, which is why sometimes you have to rectify charts. Especially, for example, Donald Trump's uh, his given birth time, I think, gave him something like 28 degrees Leo rising. Well, when you have a late degree rising like that or a very early degree rising, you want to make sure this is a pretty accurately timed chart. So we did rectify Donald's, uh, Donald Trump's chart in the, in the workshops. And we timed it using the midheaven, which is the, the technique to use. Um, his birth time was off by about four minutes. That's all. So it changed his ascendant from 28 degrees Leo to 29 degrees. But he has to have Leo rising and not Virgo. And I went through this with the, the group uh, at Kepler College using the sexes of his children, his five children, in order, and the sexes of his siblings, in order. He has to have Virgo rising. If he had... I mean, excuse me, has to have Leo rising. If he had Virgo rising, the genders of the children and the genders of his siblings would be off. So those are physical facts that you can't argue with. 
And that's frankly why I use equalizers. So uh, you can't have a planet in, in two sides. So it's either at the very last degree and minutes of a particular sign, or it's at the very beginning of a new sign. And if it's at the end of a sign, the implication is that this incarnation, if you will, has come to the end of a whole karmic line of development regarding that planet. Now, if it's an outer planet, then you're talking about a collective kind of karma and a collective kind of experience involving that planet coming to an end if the planet is in the last degrees. So this tells you that this person in this life, with regards to the matters that are ruled by that planet at 29 degrees, those house matters in this lifetime are coming to an end. And the person will have to break from the traditional, conventional, conformist teachings that they're born into and make a new life for themselves in this life, start a new line of karmic development in this life involving the house where the planet is, that's at 29 degrees, and the house or houses that that planet rules. Now, with a planet that's in zero degrees, that indicates that this life is beginning a new line of karmic development. And what that really means is that generally the person will be unconventional in matters regarding that planet and the houses it rules in relationship to their family and their, their communities conditioning. All right, great. Good points. Hope that helps for both questions. And thank you for asking. You can do that by leaving us a speak pipe message that's at the top of the funastrology.com website. And also go to our show notes for all of the activities and actions going on around these podcasts, including a link to the horary course if you'd like to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <laughs>